Hello everyone, thank you for tuning in today's podcast. My name is Sofyan Sheikh and I'm the Digital Marketing Manager here at P3 and I'm joined by Sarah. Sarah, do you mind uh, introducing yourself? Sure. Hi, my name is Sarah. I'm the consulting pharmacist that's currently working for Personalized Prescribing, which is a pharmacogenomic testing company. And we offer a benefit plan called P3, which Sofyan just mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) So... Taking a dive into P3, do you mind telling people what exactly P3 does and what is pharmacogenomics for someone who doesn't know what it is? Sure. So pharmacogenomics is all about looking at you, who you are, your set of genes to try to predict your response to medications, whether a medication is likely to be effective for you or whether you're at increased risk of side effects. And so this really helps prescribing, especially in situations where the predominant approach is trial and error, for example, in psychiatry or in the chronic pain field, where you, the physician's kind of at odds he doesn't really know where to start Mm -hmm. and sometimes it takes months to even years for the patient to find the right medication for them. Wow so that sounds like a groundbreaking technology almost you know because you're able to determine from a single gene or multiple genes. So in the beginning you'll see a lot of for example in the literature uh, in the science if you dig deep and look at these scholarly articles they only use one or two genes to try to predict a patient's response Mm -hmm. but but that's not really helpful because you're made up of multiple genes that work together Mm -hmm. uh, to give you the final result and so what we're finding is by using multiple genes we're getting a bigger signal Mm-hmm. And our software is becoming more and more predictive at determining whether a patient's likely to respond or not. Okay, so doing like a little bit of recap, so pharmacogenomics essentially determines some diseases that a person might have regarding well, a drug? Well, actually, Sofiana, it doesn't actually look at disease risk. So it doesn't say whether you're likely, for example, to develop Parkinson's or Alzheimer's years down the line. What we're finding is that information while it might motivate people, for example, to exercise or eat more healthy, it doesn't really provide a more actionable recommendation for what to do about it right now in terms of, uh, for example, medication decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, And we find a lot of people are on medications for pain, for depression, for anxiety, um, and they're sometimes feeling like there's no one out there to really help guide them or their physician in terms of what medications to try first. Oh, wow. And some patients, for example, in the case of treatment-resistant depression, they might be put on antipsychotics, and they might be at high risk for weight gain, at high risk for high blood sugar levels, Mm -hmm. or at risk for movement disorders like tremors or, in unfortunate cases, uh, irreversible side effects like tardive dyskinesia, which is a type of movement disorder uh, where you're stuck with it your whole life. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so we're finding pharmacogenetic testing uh, or pharmacogenomic testing in our case uh-huh. is actually been uh, very useful for patients in real time. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing is that because we all have different genes, it essentially helps us understand, you know, how much drug dosage or usage is correct for us, You're for right. each individual? So I talked about side effects and efficacy, but there's also uh, something called pharmacokinetics, which really just means how you break down medications. Mm-hmm. We all break down medications differently, mm-hmm. and 30% of us can be really slow at breaking down drugs or really quickly at breaking down medications. Mm-hmm. And so if, for example, you've been prescribed an antidepressant for anxiety or for depression, Um, If you're really slow at breaking down that antidepressant, you're at high risk of side effects like nausea, uh, cognitive side effects like problems with concentration or memory. Uh, So if we're able to find out that you're slow at breaking down that medication, we can find an alternative for you that your breakdown um, normally and that you're less likely to experience side effects too. 
Uh, on the other hand, if you break down medication super quickly, I there's not enough time for that medication to build up in your bloodstream. Mm -hmm. And so you don't really get the benefit from the medication at all. It's almost like you're taking a placebo. Oh, okay, I see. Um, there's also, uh, what's really exciting and really interesting is that with, in the case of nicotine, mm -hmm. some patients, I know I said this test doesn't predict whether you're likely to get Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, but it can actually predict your risk of lung cancer on Really? Nicotine. Yes. Wow. So there's this gene uh, which some patients have where they break down nicotine super quickly. So they're more likely, so they need to smoke more and more to get that benefit or that high, so to speak, from mm -hmm. that, from the nicotine, the drug mm -hmm. itself. However, uh, the same gene also breaks down non-toxic compounds to super toxic compounds mm -hmm. in your lung. Mm -hmm. And so for these patients, not only are they prone to smoking more, but they're also at high risk of lung cancer. And so being able to let patients know, you know, and, and these patients sometimes do know that they have a family history mm -hmm. of, of different forms of cancer, especially lung cancer, okay. if there were smokers in their family. But just being able to say, you know, be careful, there's this gene. And while some people may smoke, you know, for years and not get lung cancer, you're at very high risk. Mm -hmm. And so this information can be so useful for patients to motivate them to take on lifestyle changes in this case. And so this, this test is very practical for people. Wow. It just like blew, blows my mind when you, when you say about this stuff because uh, prior to like a couple of years ago, was there any study that was done to determine, I guess, you know, what drug is right for people and whatnot? Well, what's very interesting is that these studies have been going on for years. Like this gene that I told you about that's involved in lung cancer risk, we've known about it since the 70s or 80s. Oh. But the only issue is, is that no one actually started using it in practice. Because people are a little bit afraid because of some of the legalities of testing. They don't really know, you know, are these genes going to be used against me? Uh, how do we, the expense of testing? Um, and no one actually went in there, created a software for it and said, you know, this is how we can use it. Okay. And so that's where I find personalized prescribing came into play. We're actually one of the first companies to go out there, talk to um employers, uh, insurers, disability managers, and HR professionals about the benefits that this test can bring in their workplace mm -hmm. in terms of patients and helping to guide care. And so instead of waiting for someone else to go out there and for the government to say, let's start testing everybody, which in my opinion is not practical, you really want to test the people that have problems, mm -hmm. uh, we're actually going out there and saying, you know, we're actually using it in practice. Here, here are the results it can have. Here are the savings it can have mm -hmm. in the workplace in terms of days lost from uh, f due to the illness in terms of especially presenteeism. Mm -hmm. So being at work but not being very productive because you're on a medication that's giving you a lot of side effects or mm -hmm. that's not benefiting, benefiting you at all. Mm -hmm. um, and just changing people's lives for the better and showing that it works. I think people are just afraid especially since in the past we only used one or two genes. Mm -hmm. And what's really unique about personalized prescribing is that we rely on pharmacists to provide the recommendation to physicians. Oh, um, wow. Okay, tell me more about this. So in the beginning, physicians were a little bit skeptical because you had geneticists providing recommendations, and these geneticists might not have the pharmacology background mm -hmm. or even an understanding of how the clinical aspects work mm -hmm. in, in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so with pharmacists who have that pharmacological background under, who understand how these medications work in the first place, 
um, are able to better use this genetic information in the care of patients, mm -hmm. and they're better able to communicate with physicians in a straightforward, concise manner, because as you know, physicians are very busy, yeah. and they might not have the time to read a three, four page report about a patient's genes. Yeah. And so having a pharmacist to kind of convert that information in an easy to understand way to both the patient and the physician, we're finding greater uptake of this kind of service and greater utilization um, clinically to help patients, mm -hmm. you know, in the real world, as opposed to just having a paper about a gene and how it works, we're actually using it in the care of patients. So for someone who's listening or someone like me, how am I supposed to conduct this test? Like, am I supposed to like give blood samples or... Well, actually, like how, how does this process work? This test is not invasive at all. It's just, it's can happen in the convenience of your own home. It's just really a saliva sample. That's uh, it? That's it. And it's like, a, it's basically what we do for our patients mm -hmm. is that after they've contacted us saying that they're having problems with their medications, mm -hmm. if we find that there's a gene that's involved in the response to the drug that they're taking, mm -hmm. then what we do is we ship by perlator to their home a DNA kit a DNA saliva kit. Okay. And all it really is is a funnel that you spit into mm -hmm. to provide a, sal a saliva sample to the fill line. And mm -hmm. we joke about it and we call it a spit kit because <laughs> it's just so easy to use. And then as soon as they've uh, basically uh, provided that sample to the fill line, mm -hmm. uh, they just close that funnel. There's a liquid that mixes in with their saliva to preserve it mm -hmm. uh, so that, you know, when they ship it back by perlator to our lab, mm -hmm. That the, that the sample stays stable enough. Mm -hmm. And then our lab does all the work in terms of looking at the specific genes. Mm -hmm. And we don't really test all the genes. Mm -hmm. You'll find some companies do that. They test your entire genome. What mm -hmm. we do is we only test the ones relevant to the medications that you're taking. Okay. Or to, we do have a standard genetic panel. Mm -hmm. uh, so we test for the drugs that you're currently taking, but also drugs that you could take in the future, especially the important ones like the blood thinners, the warfarin. The, clip, uh, the clopidogrel, the antiplatelets. Oh, wow. Uh, so we test a lot of medications at the same time that could be useful for you now and for the future. Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't test other genes involved in uh, disease risk that's not medication-related. So, and pa patients feel safe in, in understanding that, for example, insurance companies, and especially in Canada where there's laws to protect patients against, um, for example, loss of coverage, mm -hmm. uh, but even if you were to take this test to the states, the states can't say, oh, you know, you're likely to develop this disease in the future, therefore we're going to increase your premiums. So there's no risk of that. We only test, you know, having information about whether you're likely to respond to, drug or not, to a drug or not is not going to really affect you in any kind of way. There's no way that information can be used against you oh. because we only test those genes involved in drug response. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, in Canada, the really good thing for Canadians is that there's the Genetic Anti-Discrimination Act, mm -hmm. Uh, that ensures that your genes can't be used by anybody, not any insurer, not any physician, not any employer, not any individual of any kind to deny you any kind of service, product, coverage, anything of that sort. And is this information um, privacy protected by yourself or can you release this information to, let's say, like uh, my doctor if he wants to see this? Yeah, so what we do is we have a consent form prior to testing that we usually send for patients, uh, to patients. And if, for example, they don't want their physician to have access to this information, they can choose to say, I only want to... Ha only me should have access to this information. Mm -hmm. If they want their physician to have access, they can say, I want my physician to have access as well. Okay. So it's really up to them to decide what they want. Mm -hmm. uh, we do find that having physicians involved in the care really does facilitate the medication changes because at the end of the day, uh, the physician has to agree with these changes. 
And we also have to be very careful to say that it's not only your genes that affect your response. There are other clinical factors, for example, um, other disease states that the physician might be aware of that could affect your response. There are also other untested genes. Of course, we'd like to say that, you know, we provide as many answers as we can to our patients, but the human body is complex. Um, and we only know of certain genes involved in response. There could be other untested genes that have a slight, a slight effect on the way you respond to medications. And so that's why having a physician involved in care, monitoring your response to treatment, um, is very important. We find that genetics provides a missing piece of the puzzle that informs and aids care, but it certainly shouldn't be used in isolation without a physician's involvement. I agree. And so you mentioned nicotine as as a drug, right? Or as like a... Yeah, it's something that could be affected by genes. Yeah. So are there like any other types of drugs that are covered by our testing? Like, is it only specific to the Ontario drugs or Canada-specific? So we test for several medications involved in chronic disease, such as, for example, high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, and a whole host of other conditions that we're currently developing tests for Mm -hmm. as demand grows. And so we do have patients, for example, that have rheumatoid arthritis, um, that we recently discovered there's a gene involved in response to methotrexate. And so some patients, for example, uh, they have very low uh, folic acid levels to begin with because they don't produce active folic acid properly because they have a mutation in their MTHFR gene. And for these patients, being put on methotrexate, they're at more risk for low folic acid levels, given that methotrexate interferes with folic acid production. And so it's kind of a double whammy. Your genes indicate you're likely to have low folic acid, and on top of that, you're on a medication that affects the folic acid pathway. And for these patients, they might be at risk for uh, toxicities in the body, like mucositis, so it, you know, more risk of ulcers or GI gastrointestinal or stomach problems, mm-hmm. but they're also at more at risk of fractures, which is an irreversible side effect. And so there's definitely some important information that a patient should have to know whether they should supplement and whether meth- methotrexate is likely to be a good uh, fit for them, because there are other alternatives out there, and the patient doesn't need to be on that medication if they're at high risk. Mm-hmm. And so we do test for multiple other conditions. Mm -hmm. And we do also, according to demand and according to what the the patient needs are, perform our own research to inform future patient care. Mm. And are these tests done in Canada or are they done like outside of Canada? So we do, all testing is done in Canada. Our lab is currently in Quebec. Okay. Uh, We're located in North York in Toronto and we're currently do tests for people from all over Canada because Mm -hmm. we do have uh, disability managers and disability management companies from, for example, BC, Alberta, uh, Ontario. And as we get more and more clients, we're doing tests from from all over. We do have few people do come from the States, mm-hmm. uh, but the majority of our clients are Canadian and we are a Canadian testing company that complies with the legalities in Canada mm-hmm. in terms of privacy, confidentiality, that kind of thing. So Sarah, can this benefit be offered uh, per employee per month? Yes, we do do that with some organizations as well. We find that that's the best way to preserve privacy and confidentiality because employers generally don't know whether their patients are suffering from mental illness and what medications they're on. And sometimes you want to really have a, use this as a preventative me- measure before employees go on disability. And so we do cover this test on an employee per month basis. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really glad that 
this opportunity is out there to kind of let people know about pharmacogenomics. For anyone who is interested in knowing more about P3 personalized prescribing, you can find us on www.personalizedprescribing, as Sarah mentioned. Our Twitter handle is P3 Canada. Also on Facebook as Personalized Prescribing and on Instagram as Personalized Prescribing. This is Sofian signing out, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Thank you.